0: So if you think about the internal dialogue in your head that we all have, we want that internal dialogue to be, and this may sound a little cheesy, but unconditionally loving.
1: Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure. Free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for, or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go, it's free, or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe, he's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre targeting for direct mail lists that he does, it's something unique. To their company, and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest-running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever, we don't get into any fluff. And I hope you're having a best ever weekend because it's Sunday. We're doing a special segment like we usually do called Skill Set Sunday, where by the end of the conversation, you're going to have a specific skill that you either didn't have before or you'll be able to hone a current skill that you have to make it even sharper. And what we're going to be talking about today is as real estate investors, we clearly have our quantifiable goals outlined for what we want to achieve for success. And what a lot of people might not have identified is the internal success. So the internal scorecard. So yes, we will achieve our goals because we are best ever listeners and we're going to listen and make sure that we implement that advice in action. But what about the internal success? And what about the stuff that matters most? And with us today to talk through how we can accomplish the internal success in addition to the external success that we're seeking, Allison Cardi. How are you doing, Allison?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Allison. She is the founder and CEO of Cardi Career Coaching. She runs an international career coaching team specializing in guiding people through their career changes. She's the author of the bestseller, Career Grease, How to Get Unstuck and Pivot Your Career Based in Arlington, Virginia. Allison, before we get going on the internal success approach, can you give the Best Ever listeners a little bit more background so they have some context about what your focus is?
0: Definitely. Well, as you mentioned, I run a career coaching team. And one kind of interesting backstory on me is I have two core values that are just so fundamental to who I am, and how I operate in the world. I really believe in honesty, and I really believe in looking at reality and operating within reality. For the past eight years, I've been running this career coaching business with moderate success externally, in terms of internally, we do a great job for clients, the team is happy, but I have really struggled for a long time the idea of marketing because it ran so counter to those core values that i held i would tell two people straight and i would hesitate to put forth some kind of fantasy about how things were going to be and as a result of that kind of banging my head against the wall about why am i not attracting more people towards my work and not hitting that external success right out of the gate or even in a couple years in I had to learn how to stay sane in the midst of not having those external successes. And what I really came to, and it kind of matches my personality, was how to have internal success and internal happiness. I'm curious to vet this against you, but I think sometimes the external result can be a little unreliable. We can get it some days, and some days we're in the game, we're trying, we're playing really hard, and we don't get it. So what I came to was how to find that peace and contentment independent of the external result. Of course, we still want to be striving to get those things, but there's a place where you can be peaceful and happy no matter what score the game comes down with.
1: Yeah, this is going to be so helpful. I have seen with how I set goals Sometimes my goals will be in motion. And so once I accomplish something, yeah, yeah, that's good. But what's next? And then I immediately set up another goal, which people say you should do as far as setting up another goal. But I don't take enough time to celebrate when I do accomplish a goal. And ultimately, we're on the journey to accomplishing goals much longer than we actually sit and take in the glow of accomplishment. And so since we're on the journey to accomplishing it much longer, boy, this internal success dialogue and being okay with where we're at is incredibly important because ultimately that's like 95% of the time when we need to have that in place versus the 5% when we actually achieve the external success.
0: I love what you're saying, Joe. Exactly. It's kind of like How can we feel successful all along the journey before we hit the goal, while we're in route, when we actually achieve it, when we're setting the next one? How can we have that inner contentment that's not just reliant on that 5% happening or living that 5% happy and then go back to the 95% of, (laughs) gosh, I'm working for this next thing again. I'm not happy right now.
1: Absolutely. So how do we do it? That's the money question.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Well, one of the strategies, and I'll share a couple, but one that's really helpful is to think about internal metrics of success. So this is really common for, like, salespeople where you know, okay, if I knock on 100 doors, I can't expect or be certain of how many sales I'll make, but I can know that, okay, if I do what's in my control to knock on those doors and I measure that and I track that, Then I can wake up the next day and knock on 100 doors again because I feel like, okay, I did what I can do. So in anything in what you're working towards, if you can think about not just the external result goal that you're looking for, but also the many process goals along the way that are within your control. It's sort of like if you were an athlete and you're training for the big game, you may not know that you're going to win the game that you can work hard and practice, you can show up, that is within your control. So really focusing on what's in your control, setting metrics against those internal activities. And then when you hit those all along the way, which you will do en route to your goal, give yourself a pat on the back every single time and know that, okay, I'm doing what I can do and being a success no matter what happens.
1: hmm Yeah, those mini process goals. I love how you phrase that because I recently had someone ask me, well, how do you measure success on a daily basis? And it really is identifying your large long term goal, but then having these, as you call it, the mini process goals that you know when done tie into the longer term goal. And the beauty of the mini process goals, and the key is, I believe, identifying what is effective action for the mini-process. Because if you're doing mini-process goals and the mini-process goals are not effective, then you're not going to reach your long-term goal. But if you know what is effective, then you simply don't focus on the long-term goal. You just focus on the things that you know are proven to get you to the long-term goal. And that way, you don't feel let down every day when you don't get the long-term goal. You actually feel uplifted because you are doing these mini goals that lead up to the long-term goal.
0: Exactly. And I'll just build on that with one other concept, which is the difference between commitment and attachment. So commitment to a goal is, I'm going to work on this and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. And this is more for like that bigger long-term goal. Attachment to the goal is it has to happen this way at this exact time. Mm So there's a difference between commitment and attachment. And I think a lot of times where people create unnecessary strife for themselves is when they get so attached to a particular specific vision. It has to be this way. It has to be at this time. And it shuts them off to other possibilities. A better philosophy is commitment, which says, okay, I want to get to this end result, but I'm open to finding a better mini process goal if this one's not working. Or I'm open to switching things up to get that final goal so that I can actually be effective versus being so kind of attached and grasping to it It has to be my way or else.
1: Wow. And I can tell you that directly applies towards multifamily syndication. I have clients I work with. The very first thing that we do is we outline what success looks like for our time together. And I'm going to start talking about the commitment versus attachment approach because what I found is When we set a goal, let's say 1,000 units in five years, we want to control 1,000 units in five years, so maybe they want to do five syndications in five years, 200 units a pop. There are multiple ways to approach it and accomplish that. For example, they could raise all the money themselves and then be the only general partner. If they were attached to that goal, then that's how they would think and only how they would think. However, if they're committed, then perhaps there's other ways to accomplish it, which I've seen and what I've done with people. And that is they raise money for my deals and they're out of the gate much sooner and they're able to accomplish it faster, but it's not what they initially thought the process would look like. I'm gonna think about that for my own stuff too. My goal is control a billion dollars by my 40th birthday And I'm going to just kind of let that float versus be attached to a certain amount of units or any other number of ways. So the question I have for you is, how do you know what is too vague? Because you have to have a vision. So how do you know if you're too vague with the commitment?
0: I think the goal is pretty easy. I I would imagine for you, Joe, you've set goals before. This is how to define it, how to be really clear about it. So I would agree. You need to be clear on where you're trying to get to. I think the place that can be either so kind of binding for people or freeing is the path to get to it. So if they think they know the way to get, or if you think you you know the way to get to that goal, then you're going to only see certain opportunities. You're only going to go in the direction that your brain already is familiar with. But if you see that goal, you say, okay, I'm committed to this. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to get this goal. But I don't really care how I go about doing it. It doesn't have to be my way or a way that I'm familiar with. All of a sudden, it frees your brain. It opens up your brain to see so many more possibilities that may make the achievement of that goal much, much easier than if you're just kind of have your head down and saying, okay, this is how to
1: do it. Makes sense. I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, the mini process, I think that the key with the mini process is knowing that the mini process goals that you are creating are effective. Do you have any tips for how we identify if what our mini process goals are, if they are actually being effective or not?
0: That's a good question.
1: Or even how to pick the mini process goals, like the approach we should take to the mini process that you mentioned?
0: Yeah, I have two thoughts on it. One is if you can connect with somebody who has done what you're trying to achieve, so obviously for people who are getting into real estate investing, if they were to connect with you, then that person's going to have more of a vision of how that landscape works and what's going to be effective. So I think finding somebody further along who can help you to identify the most effective, fastest goal is really, really valuable, like more so than I think people realize. Mm-hmm. Because it is tricky to know what's going to be effective or not. And somebody who has that experience and perspective can say, hey, you're thinking about doing X. That's going to get you really slow results. You should probably think about Y. So that's one thing. Another thing, though, I think, is there's something to being open to trying and learning. and kind of, as I mentioned in our, my intro, being open to reality. So if you're trying something and you give it a period of time, I'm not sure the exact timelines for your industry joke, but if you think about, okay, I'll try this for a certain amount of time, and you look around and say, This isn't working. What can I do differently? So sometimes you do just need to try things and see because even with an expert, things are going to work differently for different people. They're going to bring different strengths. So kind of being open to trying and knowing, okay, part of the process is figuring out which is going to be most effective for me.
1: Makes complete sense. When you looked at the type of psychology that shift that you made from First off, how did you come across this shift in psychology? I mean, what was the tipping point for you, and how did you come up with the commitment versus attachment and the overall internal success approach?
0: I think I'm just naturally very internally focused. I'm an introvert, and that's kind of where my brain goes, so... If you were to look inside my head, like it's it's very much in order. It's very calm. That's just kind of where I put my focus. So I came up with it because many times I wouldn't get attached to a goal. It has to happen like this, and it was so painful to me when I'd have that goal and I wouldn't hit it. And I was like, "There's got to be a better way," as opposed to just driving myself crazy with kind of having a fantasy of how the world should work, and then being disappointed when it didn't follow my dictatorship exactly the way that I wanted. So I think it was some of those experiences and then also just having that idea that there are certain things that I can control. There are certain things that I cannot control. Why don't I put all my attention on what I can control and really focus on that? And that's going to be a lot more helpful.
1: Easier said than done. I love that philosophy. It's something that we have to continually... Consciously practice the focus on what we can control versus what we can't, because uncertainty is no fun. That's for sure. Unless we embrace it and we get used to it, that's also what we're talking about: is uncertainty. Because this is a solution to being uncertain: is focus on what you can control. Yes, but then also, more tactically speaking, what you said earlier with the mini-process goals and that way when there is uncertainty about am I eventually going going to have a profitable real estate business am I eventually going to have leaps and bounds growth? well I know that's uncertain but I'm going to focus on these many things that will equal success when I do them. Is there anything that we haven't talked about as it relates to the question of okay we're not getting the noticeable external success how do we have internal success? Anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about?
0: Yeah. Well, I think there are really five characteristics and I'm sure all these will evolve a bit over time, but five that really come to mind for me as to how you can be internally happy in the midst of external uncertainty, which that's life, you know?
1: Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> Extra-
0: uncertainty, that's life, unfortunately. <laughs> so I think the five characteristics and we've hit on some of them. One is what we just talked about Clarity on your locus of control and good boundaries. If you get really good at knowing what's yours to take care of and what's other people's, your life will change. So that's one thing. Another thing is having your brain be your friend. So if you think about the internal dialogue in your head that we all have, we want that internal dialogue to be, and this may sound a little cheesy, but unconditionally loving. We want that presence in our head towards ourselves and then also towards others. That leads to a lot of happiness when there's a kind voice in your head. The third one is a focus for your brain. So I think this is what we're just talking about. Having a goal and a purpose, something that you're working towards, focuses your brain. It's very healthy, very helpful. Of course, as we just mentioned, we want to focus on that goal without attachment to how it's exactly going to happen. And then the fourth characteristic is to rely on internal metrics for measurements of success. Okay, am I doing what I need to do? If I'm doing that, I'm going to pat myself on the back and feel proud of myself and get up and have fun tomorrow. Like there's plenty of work to do in the world. There's plenty of time to do it. We may as well enjoy it. And then the last characteristic of internal happiness is to prioritize your own personal well-being. You could have great purpose. You could be clear on what's yours. And if you ignore your own health, your own relationships, your own need for rest, you're not going to be happy. So it's really important to take care of yourself in the midst of your journey as well.
1: Number five tends to be neglected from my personal experience with people I interact with and myself included. And it's also, surprisingly, it can be the most challenging thing to convince entrepreneurs to do and real estate investors to do because they're focused on their business and they're not necessarily focused as much on taking care of themselves and having some time for themselves. How do you prioritize your well-being as an entrepreneur?
0: In my life, it's definitely way at the top in terms of taking care of health and the people in my life who I care about, you know, making time for them. So I do it with habits like straight up habits. And I think too often people think, oh, I need to have discipline to eat well or to exercise or to make time for loved ones. And I would say, and this is actually something from Gretchen Rubin. She says, no, you don't want discipline at all. You just want the habit in place to actually have your life run that way. Because a habit means it's running on autopilot. It's like brushing your teeth. You don't think about how to do it. You don't think that you have to do it. You just do it hopefully. So the one I would recommend for people if you're having trouble with this is don't take the whole broad, okay, I want to be a healthy Zen person. Like don't take it all on at once. And this is like my favorite thing to do. Just try to find one little tweak, one small area where you could build a better habit. It's going to be different for any individual, but honestly, I believe Anything in your life will improve if you give attention to it. So take 10 minutes and just look at your life and say, hmm, what is one way I could take care of myself better and have a habit of it, not just a one-off, but, you know, what is one little piece of time in my day that I could tweak and put in something that I enjoy, or that takes care of me, or that feeds me. Find it, and then focus for a period of time on actually following through on doing it. Make it a priority, and eventually it's just going to go into autopilot, and you won't have to think about it, and then you can add another one. So don't do all of them all at once, but just find one little tweak that would be prioritizing your well-being, and make a little time to try to add that in.
1: There's a talk that Oprah does at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. She's being interviewed, and I recommend Best Every Listeners go look it up. Just search Oprah Winfrey, take care of yourself. And she talks about the importance of just that, taking care of yourself. It's basically like the plain analogy with a mask, right? You have to put the mask on yourself first so you can actually allow your kid to survive because if the kid doesn't get it on, then you don't get it on, you both die. So it's just a matter of taking that approach. And it's a tough one, I think, for people who are maybe psychologically stable. It's tough initially. But once we think about the importance of, okay, we take care of ourselves first, and then we can add value to the world on a much greater level than if we didn't take care of ourselves.
0: Yeah, I'm going to check that out. I haven't seen that particular one. But I'd also add just kind of a perspective for people Right now, your goals, your dreams—they feel so important and so urgent, and we need to get them. And if you think about it, like a thousand years from now, it's not going to matter <laughs> like that much. Or even if you think to like the end of your life, is it going to be so so important that you hit a milestone by one point versus a little bit later? Maybe that's not the best for your audience, but. Just if you take a longer-term perspective, like we may as well enjoy our life. We may as well be happy and healthy. Why not? It's life. It's the only one that we have. We should enjoy it.
1: I love the perspective. It's true. There's very few people a thousand years from now who... Let's just do this. A thousand years ago, there are very few people who we still remember. And so the odds are we're not going to be one of them. Maybe we are. Maybe we are. (laughs) But I think that puts things in perspective. Well, thank you for being on the show, Allison. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you?
0: Sure. Well, our career coaching website is cardycareercoaching.com. That's cardi, Cardy C-A-R-D-Y, careercoaching.com. And I am so in love with this kind of authentic happiness thing. I work with just a few select clients on figuring this out. So you can always email me at allison, A-L-I-S-O-N, at cardicareercoaching.com if you're intrigued and want to implement this in your life.
1: Allison, I took away a lot from our conversation, and I'm sure the Best Ever listeners did as well. I mean, this is a challenge that we come across regularly, which is how do we remain sane when not having noticeable external success? And the solution, as you talked about, is the mini process goals or tactics or actions, rather, mini process actions where we take action on a daily basis, and by taking that action, we feel that we're successful because we know if we do it over time, then it will lead to the large results, maybe not in the exact form that we have visualized, but since we will be committed, not attached to that, we'll be okay with it because we're going to go towards the ultimate vision and not necessarily the exact methodical nature that we have thought about because things change and we have to adapt to how they change. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's gonna give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you, adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Finally, your funding problem is 100% solved at CIX.com. At CIX.com, private lenders compete to fund deals. CIX facilitates over half a billion in loans for real estate investors weekly. Get funded and download your free funding kit at CIX.com.